Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. What is up, everybody, and how's it going? I'm Alex Goldstick, and you are listening to the Spring Forward Podcast. After a break, we're back with an all-new episode, and just in time for the Spring League's next showcase. The Spring League will be in Miami for the first time from November 6th to 9th. The league has been announcing some high-profile players that will be in attendance. Check out the Spring League social media accounts to see some of those players. For today's pod, we're talking to video game developer David Winter, who is the creator of Maximum Football 2018. The Spring League is Winter's first corporate sponsor for the game and will be incorporated into it during a major update later this month. To hear more about Winter's background in football and game development, let's get to the interview. David Winter is the president and co-founder of Canuck Play, a Canadian content, video games, and hobby products company. Earlier this fall, the Spring League announced a partnership with him and his game, Maximum Football 2018, to rebrand the game's practice mode as the Spring League. The update, including the Spring League, will release later this month. David, welcome to the pod. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for uh, having me on, and uh, uh, this should be fun. So first off, congratulations, I suppose, on being uh, our first Canadian guest, and we'll start off in that vein. Um, <laughs> we've, we've had CFL players on the podcast before, um, but none of those players were actually Canadian or grew up with the Canadian game. Um, so as a fan of the game, first and foremost, can you talk to me about your original passion for the sport um, and originating in Canada and not so much with the, the American style we're all maybe used to? Well, uh, I grew up in an Air Force family. So my both of my parents were in the Royal Canadian Air Force, and so we moved around quite a bit. 
And uh, when I was very young, we were living in a uh, in a small city just outside of Regina, Saskatchewan, uh, home of the Rough Riders. And uh, in the in the early '80s, uh, or very early '80s, uh, my dad took me to my very first sporting event, which was a Saskatchewan Rough Rider game. And it was a it was a very cold and rainy and chilly October game, and and uh, it was against the Edmonton Eskimos, and and Edmonton proceeded to storm all over the Riders, and it was a brutal showing uh, by the home team, and. But uh, it, it, I just fell in love with the sport at that point. Uh, my my blood turned brighter green, and and uh, I've sort of grown up around the sport of Canadian football. Ever since then, uh, I played uh, football in high school. Canadian uh, football, Canadian high school football uses uh, three down, twelve man rules, and uh, so I I was playing the the sport that I I grew up on. Eventually, I sort of didn't grow big enough to keep playing the sport. Everybody else on the team sort of kept on getting bigger, and I sort of stayed where I was. And, and uh, so I couldn't play it on the field anymore, but uh, I never stopped following it. Now, before we get into sort of how that football, the love of football manifested itself into what you do today, um, is there a particular Canadian view on American football, whether NCAA or NFL, that Americans may not realize? Uh, well, I mean, there's definitely a a, um, a passion for just the sport of gridiron football in general. Uh, I think I think uh, obviously Canadians are aware of both types of rule sets probably more than than Americans are aware of both types of rule sets. So I think here you get more um, more people talking about both styles of game. Whereas, of course, in the States, there, it's really just focused on, on the four down, uh, 11 man version. But, uh, I think, I think the fans that appreciate gridiron football, um, don't get caught up too much on, on the different rule sets. The, the rule sets are, are, have evolved in such a way that they balance each other out. I mean, uh, you know, Canadian football has three downs, but we've got an extra man, whereas in American football, you've got four downs, but only 11 players. So all the different rule nuances sort of balance each other out, and, and you end up with uh, with pretty uh, fun and exciting versions of, of both types of the game. And, and uh, I think that's just how the Canadian football fans look at it. Now, you, you talked about your high school playing career. Uh, you also spent a good amount of time um, in the Canadian Navy, um, but how did, right. you, yep. how did you first get into game development? I think that uh, a lot of people consider themselves gamers, quote unquote, but you know, they don't have the first clue about what goes into the development of the games they love. Um, so for those that aren't familiar with the back end of gaming development, what are the very quick basics on, on that development and the things you need to know, uh, when you start from scratch? Well, you're, you're right. I mean, I, 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 one of my hobbies as a kid when I was growing up was making games. Uh, I had a very old uh, TRS-80 color computer model one. It, uh, it only had four kilobytes of, of memory. So 4,000 uh, kilobytes of, or bytes of memory. So tiny, tiny amount of memory to deal with. Um, it, 
it plugged into the back of your television, it booted up into a rudimentary version of BASIC, and, and you loaded your programs off of a cassette tape. So it was pretty, uh, pretty low-end tech. But it was the machine that I started developing games on. Um, they weren't, of course, very sophisticated. They, they couldn't have even competed with, a, with an Atari 2600-type game. But it's, it's what got me into writing code and learning the basics of, of structuring programs. And, and I did that uh, through you know, my elementary school years, and, and my computers got a little bit more sophisticated as I got up through uh, high school. When I left high school, I, I got out of gaming altogether, and I spent uh, uh, just about nine, uh, just about 10 years in the Canadian Navy and, and uh, served my country for about 10 years. When I left the Navy, I got back into software development and found myself getting back into gaming. So um, it sort of became uh, full circle, uh, started out as a hobby, and then found myself doing it as a, as a professional. What I did as a kid really had no bearing on what I was doing as, a, as an adult. Um, in terms of the knowledge and writing code, there, there's, there's absolutely nothing that you can compare the two. Um, the, there, the tools and technology that are out there now uh, for game developers, are it's a quantum leap, what was out there just 10 or 15 years ago. Um, when I wrote my very first uh, version of Maximum Football in 2005, Game engines like Unity and Unreal and and others, they didn't exist. So everything that you wanted to do to draw objects on the screen and, and make football players run around on the field, you had to not only write the code that, that managed the sport and managed the game of football, but you had to write all the code that rendered objects to the screen and you had to invent your own physics system and, and your own audio system and you had to invent all the infrastructure first before you could actually make the game that you wanted to make. But now with, with commercial game engines like Unity and Unreal, a lot of that or most of that infrastructure is there for you made. You just, it, it, it allows you to just concentrate on making the games and not worry so much about making the technology work. And so I think that's kind of the big difference between uh, what's available now and, and what I started out with. Well, so you already mentioned the game Maximum Football, but before before we get into that, and I hope I'm not skipping too much time between uh, your military service and this, but I wanted to touch on your first venture in into sports video games, um, which was a Canadian football-specific title called ProQB, uh, which I believe became rebranded as CFL 99. Um, yeah, so so that was a uh, that was just a, a little hobby project that I did. Uh, it was a it was a very simple sprite based top down game that ran on on Windows, and uh, it didn't use DirectX or anything like that. It was really just Windows hardware, so it wasn't very it wasn't very fancy, um, but it did evolve uh, into uh, actually a licensed product, which I thought was kind of fun. So, uh, we won't, uh, you know, settle on your competitors too much, but uh, I, I do want to talk briefly about EA, or Electronic Arts, as most gamers would know. 
Um, and they're responsible for some of the biggest sports titles in the industry. That includes FIFA, Madden, NHL, uh, Tiger Woods, or now Rory McIlroy, PGA Tour, and so on. Um, and although now you're a competitor of sorts uh, and an independent game developer, you actually worked on some of those titles for EA for a number of years, um, and they're actually Canadian too, for those that don't know. Um, so what was your time at EA like, and, and how do you view them now that you've entered the space as a competitor? Well, yes, yeah, so I did work at, at EA. I worked out of the Vancouver studio called, uh, it's just EA Canada, uh, Burnaby, and I was there from 2005 to 2010. Um, the sports titles are are not all Canadian. Uh, FIFA Soccer, NHL, NBA, they're done in Vancouver, but the the North American football titles, uh, Madden specifically, and formerly NCAA, uh, they are uh, created out of a studio in Florida um, called Tiburon. So there's a split between uh, the two studios that do the sports titles. But my role was uh, producer for sports online. So my job with all of the sports titles, regardless of, of what kind of what shape ball they used, uh, was to design and create all of the online feature sets for all the sports titles. So uh, my job was to, for example, create uh, I had a big role in creating uh, a feature that became uh, EA Sports Hockey League and FIFA Clubs. Uh, I had a role with um, uh, doing, helping out with Madden's online franchise a few years ago when it was launched. So my job was less about the on-field, on-ice gameplay and more about the online feature sets that sat on top of that. Um, but that said... Um, EA is a is a is an enormous company. I I think there's about nine thousand five hundred people working at the company globally across all their studios, and it's it's very easy as a as an individual to sort of get lost in that mass of people. Um, I I've learned that I much prefer smaller studios. And uh, being an independent developer, running my own company, uh, earning a living off of my own work, I've, I take a lot more satisfaction out of that than, than pretty much anything I ever did at EA. So after EA, um, you know, we, we get to 2013, or, or correct me if I'm wrong, but you might have had a couple more stops in there, but you founded your own studio called Canuck Play in 2013, um, and that's based in Ontario. So did you get working on, on this, your second crack sort of a, a Canadian football-specific game right away? Or, or what were the steps in between deciding you wanted your own studio and um, taking a shot at sort of a professional version of, of the game that was a hobby, uh, you know, in the late 90s? Well, uh, I was just wrapping up a position uh, in Montreal. The, the, the role that I had uh, for a publishing company in Montreal was coming to an end. And, and so I was uh, starting to look for, for doing something else. And uh, Cheryl Lokes, my, my, my partner in the business and partner in all things, uh, she was living here in a, in a small city just outside of Toronto called Peterborough. And she was uh, living here, and, and we were uh, we we had a relationship. And she finally just said, "You know what? You've you've spent uh, you've spent the most of your career creating creating uh, other people's visions, taking 
taking uh, their ideas and bringing them into fruition. So now it's time for you to create your own company and and bring your own ideas to the world. And and so that's kind of what we sat down and, and figured out. I had uh, I had a lot of still have a lot of contacts in the gaming industry and and I reached out to a few of them here and there and and they pointed me towards um, a uh, independent developers program that uh, Microsoft had started up for allowing small studios to develop and publish games on the Xbox One. So I reached out to them and uh, it just so happened that the product manager that I spoke to at Microsoft I also worked at worked with at EA so it was kind of a kind of a strange coincidence that we sort of knew each other um, but they helped uh, get Canuck play up and running they they became a partner they provided a lot of the the development hardware and the software licenses to help us get started um, they really liked the fact that we were trying to do something that was different um, yes, we're doing a sports title, but it's it's bringing a little bit of Canadian culture into the gaming space, which which uh, has has been lacking for for a few reasons. But uh, they were very on board with with getting that uh, getting that to work out, and uh, we've sort of been up and running ever since. Um, we became clients of a uh, technology innovation. Uh, group here in the city of Peterborough. They they have a facility called The Cube, and it's basically a, an office building that helps technology and digital media companies sort of get up and running. So uh, we partnered with them, and we partnered with Microsoft, and, and within a few months, we were up and running and, and developing games. And uh, two years after that, we, we pushed uh, Canadian Football 17 to the Xbox One, and then this past July, we pushed uh, Maxim Football 2018 to both Xbox and PS4. So it's been um, it's been quite a, a hectic ride. Now, when when you were creating CFL 99, I actually read that you partnered with the league and were able to get some licenses um, to use players' likeness and and teams. Um, licensing right. is obviously a big part of the sports gaming landscape, and this go round is a little different from you. Um, you know, they obviously make the user more familiar with the game. They have real logos, real players. Um, I'm sure a lot of other things I'm, I'm glancing over right now. But you've developed Maximum Football without that. And I believe the Spring League is the first official branding or partnership of any kind that you'll have in the game. Um, but how have you been able to get around not having licenses to still have a successful game? Do you find users are more interested in the game and strategy than the real players? Well... Because Maximum Football uh, allows... Maximum Football is really designed to be a sandbox for the football gaming fan. Uh, We are trying to not uh, provide a single experience for the game player. We want the game player to create their own experience. So Maximum Football 2018 uh, provides rule sets for Canadian football, American professional football, and U.S. college football. And depending on which which rule set you prefer, you can just set the game up and it will play that those rules. And, and we've tried to get those rules as close to real world as we can. Uh, so if you switch from Canadian to U.S. college, 
you get the U.S. college field size with the hash marks in the correct place. You've got 11 players. Um, all the clock rules work according to U.S. college rules, that sort of thing. So we've really tried to give the player that unique rule experience. The other thing that we've tried to do is allow as much customization as we possibly can. Uh, so players can pick leagues of different sizes they can edit the teams. They can edit the players. They can even go in and change their own uniform. So if they're not happy with the uniform colors that we've provided for uh, at their their favorite city, they can go in and they can change the, the uniform designs and colors however they wish. Um, when we launch our content update uh, later in November, which will include all the Spring League branding, we will also be including a logo editor. So people will be able to go into the logo editor and through the manipulation of some basic shapes, they'll be able to create their own logos. So even if we've not provided the logos that they're interested in, they can create their own logos and uh, create the experience that they're interested in. So um, not having a license from one of the, one of the big uh, professional leagues it isn't really slowing us down because people are happy to create their own worlds. Now, apologies for going back to Madden one more time, but can you give us sort of the top line on how Maximum Football differs from Madden and um, sort of what group you're trying to service uh, with those who are dissatisfied with Madden? Well, uh, I guess the, the biggest differentiation is, is what I've sort of already alluded to is Madden is an NFL experience. And that's all you get out of Madden. It's, it's, uh, it's NFL branding, it's NFL rules, and you're pretty well restricted into that sort of experience. Maximum football is all about maximum customization and creating your own world. So if you're not, if you're not happy with the Madden experience, you're not happy with, uh, with, with uh, just the very narrow uh, world uh, and gameplay experience that Madden provides, we provide an option for players to uh, create whatever world they're interested in creating. And uh, we do it at a much lower price point as well. So I think, uh, I think we provide uh, quite a, um, a viable option for people that are become dissatisfied with, with Madden. You alluded to it, I believe, in your last answer, but all about uh, a customization. And actually one of the cool things that uh... – you've been able to do without a license is that you got to make an entire Canadian football league for your game and come up with nine Canadian team names in the cities that the real CFL actually has teams in. Um, and those, and you know, I read that those names include things like the Ottawa Lumberjacks, the Edmonton Rhinos, the Calgary Rustlers. Um, and obviously there's six more, but you know, I'm sure that was fun. I think every sports fan thinks or wishes they could come up with a league full of sports franchises that they named. Um, was that just a fun brainstorm, or did you have some kind of process uh, for that naming uh, cadence? Well, uh, one of the one of the, the points that I, I should jump in is is we have a, a ten team league as well. So we uh, Maxim Football also provides a team in Halifax, which uh, the real the real world Halifax doesn't have a professional football team. So, so getting ahead of CFL uh, expansion. We, we have the ability. We our our fans in uh, on the East Coast can actually play uh, the Halifax Mariners. Um, I did spend a lot of time 
coming up with names and logos for for the teams that uh, I was going to create for uh, all of the markets. Uh, we also have a U.S.-based team in the game, so you've got Dallas and Pittsburgh and and Denver and and uh, you know a lot of a lot of the major U.S. cities uh, also have teams, and they have their own logos and preset team names, which you can change if if you don't want those, you can change them. But the ones that come with the game. Um, I spent a lot of time trying to have a little bit of fun with them. Um, when the city of Ottawa was founded, it was very much a, a city based on the lumber industry. And, uh, so I glommed onto that and the, it's the Ottawa lumberjacks and the uh, Toronto has, uh, not many people know this actually. I was surprised, but Toronto's, city's nickname is Hogtown. And so when I created my team in Toronto, I nicknamed it, I took that nickname and I nicknamed my team the Wild Hogs. And and so I just had a lot of, uh, just a lot of fun with it. Um, I picked Edmonton Rhinos because uh, growing up and watching the Edmonton team play for real, that's sort of how they, how they've always played the game. They, they plow through the opponents just like rhinos would. So I tried to have a lot of fun with, with the names and come up with logos that, that sort of suited. But um, if, uh, if somebody buys the game and they're not happy with what I provided, they can just change it. Now, all that above brings us to the reason you're on this podcast, and that's the Spring League Partnership. Um, so can you take us through a behind the scenes of the partnership or at least what you're allowed to divulge um, with the Spring League and how that came about? Well, um, I have a publishing partner, Spear Interactive. Uh, they operate out of Hamilton, Ontario. And uh, between the two of us, between our two companies, we spent a lot of time looking to see how we can take our title to another level. And the best way to do that, or at least one of the best ways for us to do that, was to start uh, putting together corporate sponsors and and corporate partnerships inside the game uh you see this uh, pretty much every sports game on the market has these kind of partnerships in place and so it was our turn to start putting these partnerships into place and we uh, maxim football shipped with a practice mode and uh, practice mode in our game allowed for our gamers to go into a specialized play environment and just run and execute plays from whatever yard line they choose over and over and over again until they got their, uh, until they, they perfected executing their plays. And so it made sense for us to reach out to the Spring League and say, you know what, we've got a feature in the game that allows gamers to hone their skills virtually, and you are a league that allows real players to hone their skills in real life. So here's this. There's this uh, really wonderful kind of uh, synergy between the two types of experience, and so why don't we just try to put them together? And and thankfully that all worked out, and so we've we've uh, we've got an official partnership in place that we announced uh, a few weeks ago, and we started so- showing off some screenshots and things, and uh, it's our practice mode with uh, spring league branding on the field and and uh, in and around the other parts of the user interface of the game. So we're pretty happy with that partnership and how it's been working out. 
Now, you said that the uh, the update, including all the Spring League branding, would come later in November. Is there a specific date we're allowed to tell people yet? Uh, no, it's uh, we have to. Uh, every update that we do has to go through a very uh, has to go through a certification process, and this is quite a substantial uh, quite a substantial update because we are adding a logo editor and we're adding uh, a few other new features to the game. So. Uh, the the Spring League branding is is one of three or four major additions to the title that we're adding in November. So uh, I am wrapping up the development in the next couple of weeks, and then we send it off to Microsoft and Sony, and they send it through the certification process. And so we're looking for a launch uh, towards the end of November, but um, until it comes back from Microsoft, we really don't have a firm date because we have to make sure that we get certified before we start talking dates. So that brings us to our last question. And, you know, it's really just sort of a, a big overarching one. But but where does the game stand today? I mean, it sounds like you have a, a major update coming at the end of the month, which will, you know, even sort of kick off some corporate uh, partnerships for the game. Um, but, you know, we went from CFL 99 to Canadian Football 2017 to Maximum Football 2018. Um, you know, what's in store for the future of this title and Canuck play in general? Well, uh, we have already... Uh, maximum Football uh, is the only... Uh, besides Madden, Maximum Football is the only other annual football title on major consoles. Uh, so we have put together a multi-year plan of how we're going to grow the title. We're already... Uh, putting uh, partnerships and agreements in place for Maximum Football 2019. And we're going to start rolling information about those partnerships and agreements. Uh, we're going to roll those announcements out over the next few months. Um, we are very much looking to expand uh, the college experience for um, our college fans. There's definitely a void in the marketplace. And we are, we are looking to address that and and hit that market, so we're going to be growing that part of the game. Uh, but we have uh, a five or six year plan, and uh, we are we're we're well on our way to uh, to reaching all the goals that we've set out for. So uh, the future is bright for uh, both uh, Maxim Football and Canuck. Well, David, thank you very much for your time. Um, you know, I think that the sports gaming landscape. Uh, it needs needs a shakeup and and needs some competition. So uh, I know the Spring League is very happy to be a part of your game, and and we can't wait to see the update later this month. Well, I I thank you for your time, and and I hope uh, everybody listening uh, goes and and checks out the game and uh, and likes what they see. All right, that will do it for this episode of Spring Forward. Thanks so much to David for talking to me and teaching me more than I ever knew about the landscape of the sports video game industry. Stay tuned to the Spring League social channels for an official announcement on when the league's integration into Maximum Football 2018 will be available for download. You can follow the Spring League on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the Spring League. You can follow me on Instagram at Alex Goldstick and on Twitter at AGStick. All music was provided to Spring Forward by Joshua Rosner. We'll be bringing you the stories of the next crop of Spring League players from Miami soon. Later. Later.